Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99. Plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Welcome in to DC On Screen, a podcast about the DC Universe properties being brought to film and television. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason. Hey. And today we have a special guest, Mr. Freakin' Scott Madison. What? Of the Next Time Podcast. Well, that's, of the Next Time Podcast. That's oh me. The, yeah, that is you. The Next Time Podcast. It's still <laughs> new. It's still in its infancy. It still has that, that, that new baby smell. Oh, can't even tell what hair color it has yet. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you guys. Oh man! It, enough about me. All right, seriously. Let's talk, let's talk you guys. I I am. Oh, I'm I'm beyond. That's geeked. What we always do. I'm beyond geeked to be on the show with you guys. I've been wanting. I I've been. And you guys will attest to this. I've been plugging uh, to do some type of crossover or guest appearance with you guys for a while. Which is kind of oh, yeah. selfish on my part. It's like, hey, you guys have a popular show and six thousand likes on Facebook. Can I come and play in your in, in in your in your sandbox and you know get some of that good podcasting attention goodness? And you're like, and yeah. we were all like, we're almost out of sand, but we'll go get some more sand real quick. Hold on, I'm gonna run to Home Depot, <laughs> and then you can come in. <laughs> and then we came back with a Superman four, and no right, one we, really. We wanted had to that. reach all the way back to 19. I love that we, we have the the host of next time, and we're gonna go back like 20 years, 30 years, 30 years, <laughs> 30 years. Yeah, 30, it, uh, it, well, t- yeah. 29, 29 years. Dear goodness. Yeah. So. Uh... In case you didn't realize it when you clicked on the title, we are going to be reviewing the wretched Superman for the Quest for Peace today. Um, we did promise to do this with Scott. Uh, Scott has been a long-time listener, and um, we've been talking about doing this forever a day. Actually, our, our, our friend-slash-fan, Chris White, was kind of pissed because he thought he was going to beat you on. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I get to be on first. And I was like, actually... <laughs> We just talked to Scott, and we're going to do it on the 16th. And he's like, son of a bitch. (laughs) I had the 25th. If anyone was going to beat me, I expected it was going to be him. (laughs) It just got scheduled. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. Right. I feel kind of bad that he and I are the ones that are mentioned the most on your guys' show, and yet I've never reached out to him and be like, hey, these DC on screen guys, pretty cool. (laughs) <laughs> and, bond, and bond over our fandom but it hasn't happened hey chris white reach out we can be buddies we don't have we, you guys should totally be buddies we don't have to compete <laughs> we don't have to be adversaries <laughs> everyone everyone can join <laughs> 
Is it, yeah, oh, we're gonna man. have that little group um, group situation. Um, and man, you're 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 what? You're in Michigan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I doubt very seriously you'd be able to join us here for for the Killing Joke review. Because we're gonna right. we're basically go to uh, we're we're all going out for a good old fashioned group watch and uh, and popcorn sharing session. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit not. jelly. I, my, my wife and I are going to the show. Um, I think we have tickets for a 7:30 show at one of the local theaters. And uh, yep, um, I took the night off work so I wouldn't have to go see the movie and then go straight to work from there. I said, nope, hell with that. I need mm. to, I need to process this movie in my home <laughs> environment. So <laughs> I told my boss to say I can't make it that night. Yeah, <laughs> you got you got to write me out. I'm uh, like to, to come back here and actually do the podcast. I'm pretty much gonna have to do two days worth of work on Monday, so I can come in late Tuesday, and um, <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit of a stretch, <laughs> but worth it. Why, Kevin Conroy? Oh God, yeah, Mark Hamill doing memory is treacherous speech is just oh dear Lord, and I can't wait. My my big question. Okay, before we get to Superman, let's talk Killing Joke for just a quick second. Here's I have a transition when you're ready. This this is what I'm I'm most looking forward to to seeing. I want to see whether or not they build in any of that ambiguity with the ending. Did oh, yeah. Batman kill the Joker or yeah. not? I want to see if there's that sound mm-hmm. effect, right? The little yeah. I, that that's one of the things that you, you don't have to worry about on the page is the is the sound of it. You just see the yeah. laughter stop. Any additional yeah. sounds, they just don't put it on the page, and maybe it didn't happen, but. With this, they're going to have to come up with something, and I'm yeah, I'm dying to find out they what might, direction they go. This might be closer fodder for next time, but they might actually just fade out and not actually give just fade the laughter out, mm-hmm. right? And all the noise all together and just bring in the score. And that one will be mm. a little, a little weird. Yeah, I mean, R- like regardless- a fade out would seem like an arbitrary way out of the situation, like you've produced your way out of it. But whereas, like, yeah. if they actually let the laughter mm-hmm. itself fade out. I mean that's kind of weird, but it's at least a really cool moment between those two. <laughs> if, like if literally let... exhausting themselves with laughter, that just—I mean, well, that'd be unique. What you do is you just have Joker's laughter, that great Hamill laughter, mm-hmm. and you have like an echo on it, and then you sort of just cut to black. Boom. I think it... ambiguity is is maintained. Right. Well, I think it will be more effective if they I, they can fade it, they can cut it, whatever they want to do. But if they end joker's laugh before they end batman's laugh if you hear batman laughing alone for any length of time afterward then you still have that 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 question at the end so they can maintain it that way yeah or batman's laughter transitioning into crying (laughs) batman doesn't cry no (laughs) he did in mask of the phantasm i was waiting did i was waiting for the backlash on that one um no, it's, it's sad. I'm it's over okay. here going. I'm, yeah, we can, de- we can totally have a crying storyline. That work. <laughs> push him. All right, I'm going to transition from Killing Joke over to over to Superman. Do it. Do it by saying that Jimmy Olsen's camera looks creepily like the cover of the Killing Joke. <laughs> <laughs> Is and he, it's, it's the an icon. Uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, it's just the regular ass camera that everyone had at the time. But I swear, like when he was whoever was driving. I mean, I can't remember the guy that drew it. Dear God, help me. Brian Boland. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, way too early for me, but uh, yeah, I, I I would bet he had that camera sitting around. <laughs> it was a very popular camera at the time, wasn't it? I mean, it was like if you and had professional equipment, of, you had it. With J- Jimmy Olsen with that camera, all I can think of is his line from this movie: "What a scoop!" <laughs> right, <laughs> <laughs> that's his big line. Yeah, I wrote that down. 
it's like this uh, in the in the annals of Supermandom. I think that's all Jimmy. That's his tagline. What a scoop! What a scoop. <laughs> that's his. Great uh, why Jesus is Jimmy ghost? Olsen the only character who never got out of the forties? <laughs> no, I. Perry White on several occasions had his his feet planted very firmly in the past. And and yet, well, that was fine. And yet, Jimmy yeah, is the only one that they crossed over to uh, Helen Slater's Supergirl. Hmm. That's mm. a good point. It's the only one they could get. That's true. True enough. But, oh, He's the oh, only one that Grant Morrison ever had any real fun with. So much wrong with this movie. Oh, God. Uh, I was, all right, I've, yeah. I've got it just playing in it's, the background. Just, I don't know, glutton for punishment kind of thing. And, um, man, I, I didn't realize it. I, I've been watching the actual movie. I hadn't watched any of the props in the background or anything, but... There's a sign. You know how have you seen the like uh, whatever it is realty uh, when he when he shows up in Smallville? There's that uh, whoever the hell that guy is that's trying to sell his uh, his farm for. Him. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Hornsby Realty. Hornsby, thank you. Have you seen mm-hmm. the, the sign for Hornsby Realty? Um, He's got a big one up there yeah. for sale, and then the number to it is is, is is like a picture of a cell phone dash and then four numbers. Well, no, it's a picture of a rotary phone. Uh, sorry, a picture numbers. of a phone. Yeah. I've forgotten the word "cell" isn't supposed to be attached to your phone. <laughs> I mean, they they had they had cell yeah. phones back in the day, as evidenced by watching um, the original Lethal Weapon. But they were like, yeah, <laughs> they they were they were the size of uh, like a microwave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Morgan Farley had one of those that like took up the back seat. It was amazing. But, uh, uh, but no, I did. I did not see his realty sign. Um, just the little things in this thing, like it, uh, they, yeah. it's not even a full phone number. It's just the idea of a phone and then four numbers attached to it. Yeah, yeah. Did you guys notice in this in this uh, movie every time they're in Metropolis, there are like New York signs everywhere? <laughs> I mean, in the subway, I, I on the street, like they're just it's like very clearly New York. They they're just not even hiding the fact that there's a Statue of Liberty. They'd, oh, we'll just have the Statue of Liberty in the middle of the movie for no reason at all. Right. They, they they used a, yeah, but, as much as they could to make it seem like New York, um, especially with you know Metropolis. They, they moved um, the Statue of Liberty. Um, the Empire State Building and the Twin Towers, they moved them all to Metropolis mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's clearly where they belong. They sure and I'm pretty sure that they did all this because they wanted to really drive home the fact that we're in Metropolis, considering the fact that they were filming in England. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why it is so fucking Absolutely. gray all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. It always looks like it's five seconds before a downpour. Yeah, no well, sunshine. Worry about like, remember a, um, getting in the shot before you know the sun hits the wrong area. At least you just get in the shot before everything rains. <laughs> I seem to remember a uh, a story about them begging to shoot in front of uh, in front of the actual UN, and they were just like, nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor bastards! Yeah, so I I took um, let's say a few notes. And uh, uh, to, to to listeners who are absolutely sick of hearing Dave say the words, so our buddy Scott Madison, over and over and over again, yeah. <laughs> the people who are sick of that will know that I am uh, known for making lists of notes and submitting uh-huh. them to the show. And I did yep. that for this movie as well. And they are roughly in chronological order through throughout the film. Oh, perfect. Um, I, I was taking them as I was watching it with my wife, who had not seen this movie before. But who is very good at um, uh, running commentary, um, pointing out logical flaws and mm-hmm. uh, discrepancies in movies. 
she, well, the number one logical flaw for this movie is Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the number one logical flaw for this movie is this movie. It was made, and and she's great at um, at criticizing in in just the right way. Uh, so it was definitely a bonus for me to have her there because she helped to supplement my notes. Um, starting mine, with like mine, the, mostly just went, "Oh God!" About every yeah. fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her, hers started at the opening credits, which uh, uh, <laughs> which began with that was I love that the, was the, the first time I said, "Oh God!" Yeah, I love the wannabe laser tail <laughs> credits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, they even the opening credits look cheap. Oh, right, here's yeah. how bad it is. It didn't it, compared this, to the previous, they're horrible. Like it's yeah, so like bad a cheap that approximation of the old ones. Did y'all actually All right, did y'all do the, I actually listened to the commentary track right, from Mark Rosenthal. And the sad no, part is I didn't do Yeah, that. um I uh, oh my god. Like as the credits are opening, I should. he he literally says, "Well, you can already kind of tell things are starting to go wrong." <laughs> I remember that. I, I I watched this movie with the commentary, but it's been a couple years. It's been probably about three or four years since I watched the commentary. I didn't have time to rewatch the commentary for this show. Mm-hmm. But I I remember. I clearly remember that. Thinking, okay, I'm not going to hate this commentary after all because right. this guy knows what's going on. Well, he he spends mm-hmm. most of the like he's. He's the apologist for the film for most of it. Like he spends most of it kind of saying, "Hey, I don't want to hate on the on the visual effects guy too much." He was absolutely hogtied. I mean, I, you got to believe it. No one, no one would do this willingly. Like, <laughs> there's just no yeah. no fucking way. But he spends most of the film kind of saying, "All right, well, they made us like cut a bunch of stuff, so you didn't get to see this other scene, and that makes a lot more sense when when you see this other scene." Well, look, man, I lo- I watched the deleted scenes too, Mark, and no, it doesn't. I sat there and watched thirty minutes of extra yeah. footage, and that did not ultimate this thing at all. There, there are other deleted scenes that I've read about that aren't on anything on on any disc anywhere. Nice, but from what I've read, they don't make sense with it either. No, some of these are just <laughs> some of these are just terrible. There's an entire sequence they cut where basically the first version is this goofy ass Bizarro looking thing. It's like Nuclear Man's Bizarro essentially, and he. Yeah, the, the first like a, version like of Nuclear Freddy Man Freddy Monster does, with oh, it's yeah, bad. He, the the first version of Nuclear Man does look very much like Bizarro. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, he's just the goofiest goddamn thing I've ever seen in a movie. And the the soundtrack, I, like it was a, it, I think it was just a, a placekeeper soundtrack, but you could tell the mood they were going for was Looney Tunes, literally music that you would hear in Looney Tunes. Yeah, it was it was light and goofy mm-hmm. and oh, horrible, man. horrible. It was. Way bad. Um, and like he, he refers to that scene and that sequence several times during the commentary saying, well, I mean, this doesn't really completely make... Like, the stuff with him and uh, and, and Lacey, isn't that her name? Uh, the, the reporter that we suddenly are supposed yeah. to care about? Yep. Um, he, like, yeah, he, her, the publisher. Yeah, the nuclear man, like, having a crush on her. Is like, well, that makes a lot more sense if you see the previous character. Like, he had a crush on her, so he does... No, man. Like, the, the previous oh, gosh, incarnation yeah. of Nuclear Man suddenly had a crush on her, just like your guy did. Like, the film flows just fine. It's just bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's all horrible. It's all... And so, notice we got as far as the credits before we jumped ahead to um, almost the end of the movie. So, right. <laughs> the, the, there's no way to have a discussion about the movie that makes more sense than the movie. It's all just... No, it's all craziness. It's all chaos. It, the words "natural discourse" you know, will did, not be not be employed here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did notice that um, 
in the credits there that Alexander Courage worked on some of the incidentals and stuff, um, which is, uh, you know, the guy that composed the uh, original Star Trek theme. And yeah. I'll be damned if I didn't hear some of that Star Trek-type music when he was fighting Nuclear Man on the moon. Oh. You know, you know what? Now that you mention it, yes, indeed. Now, now I can hear it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's very amok time, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Wow. I might have to. Oh, I might have to uh, Photoshop something, or it, no, we would need the audio element. I'll. I might have to uh, teach myself some video editing so I can put Kirk <laughs> and Spock on the moon with Nuclear Man and Superman. Um, I I put out. I, I've been affected by knowing that this review is coming up. The mm-hmm. Superman Four, the Quest for mm-hmm. Peace, has been on my mind quite a bit. And add on to that the fact that I have been doing a um a binge watch slash rewatch of Smallville. So now I have Smallville on the brain, and with my next time Twitter account. For those of you who don't know, um, I will put out fake um joking predictions for what's going to happen next season on all these different shows that we're watching. Oh, nice. Um, mm-hmm. for, for example, um, one that I that I was really proud of was tweeting that next season um, on The Flash, the season finale sees uh, uh, Tim Thomerson guest appearing as Earth-6 Max Mercury standing alongside <laughs> John Wesley Shipp's Jay Garrick. Hashtag perfect. <laughs> So it's it's things things like that things that are yeah. not going to happen, but yeah, I think that's... they're funny. So I had to put one out last night. Uh, next season on uh, the CW Supergirl, L- Lena Luther ends the season creating Nuclear Girl, <laughs> played by. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> played played by Kristen Kreuk. Don't know her. That's Lana Lang on Smallville. Ah, uh, okay. You know that thing that we keep telling you to watch. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be perfect, though? <laughs> that would be the greatest way to bring her onto the show, because they like bringing Superman alums onto, onto Supergirl. So you bring Kristen Kreuk as Nuclear Girl. She's got the black hair and the half-Chinese ancestry to go against Melissa Benoist's blonde hair and, and very white skin. Just like in Superman 4, you had his black hair and very white skin up against Mark Pillow's very feathered blonde hair and tan skin. See, yeah, it, it, it's the dichotomy that works both ways, and then we can get Kristen Kreuk on there, and then of course we have to find a way to get John Cryer to guest star on that episode as someone, who knows? Maybe yeah, right. as... Oh no. Maybe as an old yeah. um, <laughs> Lenny Luther. I, I would... Ugh. Like he could do a fun, serious take on this that would be that would be hilarious. Like, just mm-hmm. watching, like literally, see him watching footage of his old self, and just just mocking himself. I want to see that movie. I want to see John Cryer doing a commentary for Superman Four: The Quest for oh, Peace. Oh, be great! <laughs> see I, how but, many times right. he, as the actor sitting in the chair, would just say, "Oh no!" Yeah. Hey, Mark Rosenthal points this out, and I completely agreed with him. I, that is one of the worst roles I've ever seen played by anyone ever in any capacity, in any way. Like that was just mm-hmm. one of the worst performances I've ever seen. But it looked like he was having the most fun of anyone there. Oh, absolutely! He was the only one that was in on how bad this movie was. <laughs> he, he was. He was finding yeah. a way. 
he was finding a way to enjoy it. Everyone else, yeah. you could tell, they're like, when the fuck can I get out of here? I gotta what? go. Everyone... Christopher Reeve is like, this is going to destroy my career. This was my my greatest role I was known for. Now it's going to, you know, it's going to tear me asunder. It's going to bring me low. I need to move on and make Street yeah. Smart, which is what now, the movie they point, said that they would help me make. to find that movie again. Um, uh, Gene, Gene Hackman is saying, um, I'm actually not even here. It looks like I'm here, but I'm not. I'm going to go on to something bigger and better five right. minutes after we're done here. Margot Kidder is saying, where's my cocaine? I got to go. Right. <laughs> I feel a oh, snowstorm man. coming on. She was on. rough in this movie. Oh, it was bad. Margo was so bad. I, I, I did not get the chance to do the research on this, and I should have, and I feel bad, but I'll just go with the with the theory. I think that one of the reasons that she doesn't look quite right is because all of her front teeth, I think those are all fake. Yeah. And I think those oh, are that's... all um, crown or, or veneers or, or whatever you want to call them. I think that's a set of yeah. false teeth in the front because I think that she lost all of her front teeth in some type of a, uh, accident, which I think was, uh, drug connected. I think she was under the influence mm-hmm. and like either got in a car accident or fell in the street or something like that and lost all her front teeth and had to get them all replaced, which is why it looks like she doesn't know how to talk with those teeth. That is rough. Yeah. She is. It was real, real rough with her. I don't know what was going on, but I was just like, oh, oh. I don't even remember her being that bad in Smallville, so clearly she had some sort of, this, I don't know, this time is to a, a transitional period she's, in that state. Yeah, she's, she's been in a bit of recovery in the <laughs> mm-hmm. in the 20 intervening yeah. years between Superman and Smallville for oh, the like two, yeah. two appearances that she had before she said, I don't like how you guys handle Christopher Reeve's death. I'm out. So I said, okay, fine. We'll kill right. you off screen and show you buried in a ditch. <laughs> Right. Spoilers for Smallville. <laughs> right. Dead. Buried in a ditch. <laughs> Shut up, Scott. <laughs> throwing that out there. So so we knew... It's the one exciting thing that happened that season. <laughs> no, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I will so I will could... continue to mock that show. I didn't even I've remember that happened. <laughs> I didn't even remember that happened, man. I had no I had no remembrance of that. Right, right. I had other things in my head right. for that season. Anyway. Now, we, we can tell from early in this movie that they are throwing physics out the window. <clears throat> when you oh, consider the yeah. fact When I you mean, consider the fact that the cosmonaut working on the outside of the space station gets hit with, straight up, another space station. And it <laughs> I'll, just I'll kind of so. sweeps him off like a feather duster. My yeah. only note for that is liquid Russian. <laughs> I don't think it's strong enough to say that it's throwing physics out the window. This is declaring war on physics. <laughs> Way more active. Uh, indeed, they're they're antagonizing physics. Yeah, like actively trying to get it to fight them. Yeah, they're poking physics with a stick. I, they are the first you nuclear know, man the, <laughs> approaching. Zero. Leading up to the, leading up to the uh, disaster, though, the space station scene was one of the few that I actually enjoyed. Where they're like. Sing at home, and he's like, "At home, they told me to sing in space." And I'm like, yeah, "That's delightful." That was witty, and uh, no kidding. I have a note here um, from my wife as we were watching that when he said his line, "At home, they tell me to sing in space." She turns to me and says, "I like the funny Russian." <laughs> <laughs> and and it was for, it was the last time the movie was in any way classy or believable. Yeah, f- for a moment, I was worried because I'm like, wait a minute, this is starting out better than I remember. I hope this yeah. whole movie isn't going to be better than I, oh, wait, no, no, nope, no, it's nope, not. No, 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 okay, we're good, <laughs> we're good. 
She asked. You know she what? Asked me how Sadly, I think it is better than Batman and Robin. I I thought deeply about that comment, and I. Man, it's a coin toss, uh, isn't it? I think it's better than Batman and Robin. Uh, I do. I don't. I don't. I've been thinking about this a bit since listening to your guys's. Uh, crossover with Suicide Squad cast. I mean, it was a big statement. It was on my mind. I kept trying to compare it as I was watching the film. I, I think I think I might agree with you, but it's going to be for a different reason. I mean, not, not in any way because it's a good <laughs> film. It's just like this era of Superman is is the, like, this is the, the one that I grew up knowing. Like, this is, when I was running around three years old in a freaking Superman outfit, this is the guy I was thinking about. Like him and Max Fleischer and everything. So... Mm-hmm. Some part of me mm-hmm. wanted to be optimistic, even watching this film. Like every time he came on screen, I could feel the little boy in me going, ah! and then like it was just, it just I, it was a roller coaster. Like I would see him and go, oh, maybe he can, maybe he can save it because like that's what I thought of every time I saw that cape when I was a kid. Like he can save everything. He couldn't save this movie. It didn't work that way. It was, it was an emotional. That does ride. remind me. Did you? We've been trying to figure out for years what that Superman movie was that you saw when you were a kid in the theater. Was have it been. this one? Must did have you, been this. Did you, Really must have been. I mean, uh, I didn't know if you if it jogged your memory. No, 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 no. Because um, that that movie uh, that memory was <laughs> way before I had. Uh, uh, I don't have a lot of memories from that age. I would think I was maybe three, like maybe just three or something. Okay. So uh, this one, thankfully, didn't stick around. But rewatching all of the Reeves movies, like as I was growing <laughs> up, that did. So yeah, I would not like would not like this to have been like the first thing I remember seeing. Mm, yeah, I still think that Batman and Robin would have to be considered a better movie than this, if for no other reason than from a technical standpoint. It's a it's mm-hmm. a better made movie than this. Um, it's almost difficult to compare them plot-wise and script-wise because they're both god-awful. Oh, just, yeah, they're both just gutter they're trash. But I don't remember seeing clearly visible, like, like aircraft cable style wires in no. Batman and Robin, whereas yeah. <laughs> nuclear nuclear man uh, they hit all that with to, neon. Yeah, to, in, deciding to skip the elevator and he'll just fly through all the floors to the top of the building, and clear as day, you can see those wires coming from his hips straight up into the ceiling <laughs> to pull him through every single floor. Wires, wires, wires. It was egregious. Mm-hmm. Those wires were egregious, yeah. and you don't see that in Batman and Robin. I, well, they ran out of wire no, covering no. budget. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, how much do you guys think that Christopher Reeve actually helped write this story? Because it says written better or by. worse, his name is in the in the yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's a story, story by. by story by. I mean, he helped write the story. Yeah. I, he was look, one of three names on that story. Uh, go, in Rosenthal's commentary, he keeps uh, he 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 does keep like alluding to the fact that Reeve really wanted that movie. Like he really wanted to do this. He wanted to bring the character back. He had like apparently he had a a big ambitious idea about this, and they a didn't give him enough money. B sent him to the wrong studio, and then C gave him Margot Kidder. Like he never had a chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it wouldn't surprise me if Reeve's um, contribution to the movie consisted of. I want to do a um, a nuclear disarmament story. I think. I yeah, wanna, I think that I want to make a statement close to it. I want to make a statement against nuclear war. Come up with something. And he just wanted this, to get to the speech at the end. Like that was that was pretty much what he contributed. Was I want Superman to be able to do this speech and gave him the whole like you should see the world the way I see it kind of thing. Yeah, his speech, his yeah. speech to the UN, and then his speech at the end of the movie. Um, I he it 
sounds like Reeves walked in with those two speeches and said, okay, I want to say this uh, in the first act, and I want to end the movie with this. You guys come up with what happens in between. I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, if, mm. if it was his, his idea to have the kid in there, too. That feels like something. Oh, that little son of a bitch. That feels like something he might try. <laughs> oh, who was oh, that? The the wor- some of the worst ADR I've ever heard coming from that kid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that horrible that voiceover, dubs, buddy. and then in what might be one of the most unbelievable parts of the movie, a kid who mm-hmm. respects Superman so much, who trusts Superman so much, and looks up to him so much. He's doodling he, him he li- in class. He literally thinks that Superman can save the world. So. What happens? The kid's out in the middle of the street in, uh, or they might have been in D.C. for that, and he's at a hot dog cart, and Jimmy Olsen's about to take his picture, and then Superman just straight up walks the fuck up to him in the middle of the street, out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, no warning whatsoever, and the kid just looks and says, Superman, with a smile on his face. No, 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 no. We have seen children in the real world react to celebrities. That kid would be on the ground. He'd be screaming and oh, crying. Yeah. Oh my god, it's Superman. Oh my god, it's Superman. Weeping. Oh my god, it's Superman. Weeping hysterically at his feet, right? Yeah. Except he's like, if I fall down and start screaming right now, they're gonna call me a pussy again at school. Yeah. So Yeah. Oh that, <laughs> Superman, no, how nice to meet you. The, the it was clear the that that kid was already bullied. Oh, that's in the deleted scenes. The kid was already too. bullied. He's been bullied. There literally <laughs> yeah. there's two deleted scenes that are that are uh, relatable here. All right. One, the kid is bullied even for like that there's it, to the point where you're wondering why the teacher isn't doing something about this. And they, they heckle the kid. Like, they draw him out. It's a whole thing. He, he has to, like, talk back to the class. It was, it's bad. Like, the, it's a really bad teacher. Seriously. And why would, you, why would you stop the kids from heckling this kid? I'm writing a letter to Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you also have a principal you could... Okay. But there's another scene where Superman flies by the window... And the kids all, oh, I thought I saw something. Oh, it must be not. Superman interrupts the class and uh, apologizes mm. to the terrible teacher for interrupting her class where she was apparently ineffective anyway, so who the hell cares? So walks into class and like walks up to the kid and says, <laughs> like, this is the most important letter I've ever received. And then exp- sits there and explains to the kid that he basically says, this is the most important letter I've ever seen, but uh, I can't do anything about it. Thanks. Um, and they have a quick back and forth about, well, you know, it's, it's, you should be able to help your Superman, all that kind of stuff. And Superman explains to him, you know, I, I, I can't solve the world's problems for them. It's not my, it's not my place. It's a fine argument. It's a fine argument on, on a, on any given day, honestly. Like, that's a fine point. It's a good, it's a, like, about this character in general, it's something I like to explore. Like, hey, how, how, how involved should you really get? But with this kid, it was absolute nonsense. But it does actually give him, like, it, it does explain why he isn't, like, hysterically weeping in the middle of the street. Problem is, it creates a further problem. Why aren't, like, all 30 kids and the teacher hysterically weeping when the Superman interrupts the class? Mm-hmm. He just yeah. engages in, like, a normal conversation with the guy. Well, because by this point, Superman's been around for 10 years, so everyone just kind of, they're done with him. But he's never walked into class. <laughs> he's never walked, I mean... The, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Jason? This Superman has walked into every classroom in America and said, by the way, kids, I just want to remind you that the subway is still right. the safest, safest and most reliable form of transportation. In case that's way. how you get home. <laughs> he shows up to every school bus. By the way, kids, I just want to let you guys know that. <laughs> well, I, school buses are still I, I'm not sure very that reliable. 
Dave, I'm not sure I can buy your argument that that Superman is old hat these days and that, you know, they're all over him. Because I tell you what, Denzel Washington has been around for quite a while. If Denzel Washington walked onto my work site and said, hey, how you doing? I'm Denzel Washington. I would just start screaming. Yeah. I would just start screaming. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, hey, how you doing? (laughs) Now, there are some that I would just be like, hey, how you doing? Like Tim Allen, who is from my city. He uh-huh. went to college. He went to college here uh-huh. in my town. Yeah. If I saw Tim Allen on the street, I'd be like, "You're are, are you fucking Tim Allen? <laughs> cool, mm-hmm. nice man. I liked you in that thing something, you did, probably. All right, over the years, something. All right. I right. heard the house. Good, that was all right back in the day. I heard good things. I, I liked about you. And wait a minute, hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm on IMDb now. Hold on, just a second. I liked you in. <laughs> Tim's just walking yeah. away at this point. <laughs> In disgust, you're shouting his back. I found one. I found one. Oh, he's gone. I'd say I never saw it, but I heard good things about Red Belt. You, you got all right. Good meeting you, Tim. Good meeting you. No rumor. Um, rumor has it when I was working at a video store years ago. One night I was the assistant manager, and one night when I was not working, rumor has it Tim Allen did come in to rent a few movies on his sister's account because his sister still lives in town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hmm. This is unconfirmed. <laughs> And the world continued. <laughs> yeah. No, but like Superman walking I mean, into any given know. room would be like eight beetles walking into any given room, man. That would <laughs> that would crush me. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. I, I think if uh Superman showed up somewhere I would just be like, Hey man, so uh Batman can totally take you in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they made a movie about it. <laughs> The, that's they made it, a, Antagonize the dude of steel. That's that's gonna work out. The dude of steel. Yeah. yeah. Boy, is he gonna get it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, can I just say Lex Luthor is one of the was probably the best part of this movie. Just Hackman? freaking Gene Hackman. Just mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and like some of his his uh, his dialogue with Superman just cracked me up. Mm. Just like, why don't you get a hobby, <laughs> a pet? And he's like. Luther, you're renowned for hating children and animals. <laughs> it, it, it's, like, what? Is that what he's known yeah. for, Superman? Luthor's dialogue <laughs> towards Superman was hilarious. And it was delivered. You yeah. could tell that Hackman knew this movie was inconsequential and yeah. was just letting himself have a little fun with it. Superman's dialogue toward Luthor is horrible. It's some of the most mm-hmm. stilted Superman dialogue that we've heard in this entire series. And yeah. that's saying something. It was yeah. no good at all. You know what's weird though? Clark Kent still does okay. Yes. I still I still like Reeve as Kent. Like he's no part of that was actually bad to me. Now that that, that I would in agree mind, with. like this is he this is a bumbling, awkward movie and he's a bumbling, awkward idiot, so that all plays. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh you know, I, I don't like that he's a different Clark Kent in Smallville than he is in Metropolis. He's not bumbling. He's just sort of a, I'm a farmer's son who wears glasses. Yeah. I, like, the, and I'm not going to sell my daddy's farm. Like In these <laughs> films, that's one of the best. Uh, it's my maybe my favorite like on-screen version of how they did Clark Kent. He is just downright foolish. I, I, yeah. You could not convince me that the idiot I work next to all day was actually like Superman. And that's it's perfect. Yeah. That he does very well. I don't know. He, he he manages to make Clark Kent uh, charming, ex- yeah. exceedingly charming throughout the entire film, 
which is good. Well, you you um, like the guy. You would trust him, you know, to babysit your dog. But, I mean, dear Lord, it's like it, you, you, the whole time you're – if you're just in a room with him alone, you keep thinking, I need an adult. I need an adult to help me. So who's going <laughs> to help me take care of Clark? Yeah. I mean, damn it. Henry I, Cavill hasn't so much as dropped a pencil. When it's extreme, yeah, you do start to worry <laughs> that he's going to do himself an injury because he is so bumbling. But yeah. when it's dialed down a little bit, it becomes very charming. And oh, yeah. uh, you can un- you can understand why Lacey would find herself really starting to dig on this guy. Uh, you still don't want her to because her character is awful. And uh, her father's mm-hmm. character should, by all rights, have been Morgan Edge. And the fact that the writers didn't make him Morgan Edge just shows that they don't read Superman at all. <laughs> well, sure. I think this movie pretty much proves that they don't read Superman at all. Yeah, yeah. There, there's also that. Yeah, you know that would have made a lot of that would have made a lot of sense, man. Morgan Edge, that's good. Damn, it, it was it was an incredibly missed opportunity, <laughs> wasn't time. it? It is a big missed opportunity. I, they they could have at least given themselves a little bit of comic book credibility by having David Warfield be Morgan Edge, but nope, didn't happen. No, um, we yeah. did, however. No. The word get... credibility didn't get within ten miles of this movie, right? Um, we we did get as a slight taste of um, uh, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and Harry Potter, though, in the middle of the film. Mm. Did you guys catch catch this? No, not no, I don't Nothing? think so. Nothing. Mm. All right. Um, Luthor has the um, the the criminals, the 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 criminal, the 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 war profiteers, the nuclear proliferators, mm-hmm. in his penthouse, mm-hmm. and he's pitching his little deal to them. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take out Superman, and then you guys can make nukes. Well, I'll make a whole bunch of money. Right. And he's got, he's got the Russian mm-hmm. guy, he's got the American guy, and he's got the French guy. The Russian guy, I don't recognize him. Take him out of the equation. He doesn't matter. The American guy, uh, Mister, uh, shut those blinds. The sun is hurting my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Porkins. Jeez, hmm. nothing. Really, nothing. Wow. Star- I don't know. Who Star Porkins Wars is. Episode Four. Porkins. He's one of the X-wing pilots. Also, God. In- yeah. also from Indiana Jones. Top men from the end of the movie who who says that they've taken the Ark and and whatever yeah. gone someplace else. Another bit here. Okay, here's a DC connection for you. How's this? Here's a DC connection. Uh-huh. <laughs> Michael Ke- Michael Keaton's uh, '89 Batman. The American. Um, uh, arms dealer that Luther is talking to, that's Lieutenant Eckhart. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. No, I mean, I knew he was Eckhart. Yeah. Also Porkins, and also um guy from Indiana Jones. And the French guy, what's sitting behind him, is Harold Zidler from Moulin Rouge, also Professor Horace Slughorn from Harry Potter. Wow. That's, that's Jim Broadbent, and he is awesome. I didn't even know. I, See, I didn't realize I, it was him in this movie until I saw him sitting behind Porkin. As I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> he paid his dues yeah, back I've, in '87. All right, that's. I all. have I have not been into the uh, Harry Potter or much much into Indiana Jones. So or Star Wars for that matter. I'm a Trekkie. So. Hey, I hear you. I'm gonna miss stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna miss stuff like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everyone. I feel like I've let everyone down now. But it does feel like now that was the most action-packed scene in the movie. And like every other (laughs) action-packed scene in the movie, it fell completely flat. No one cared. Like, it is... (laughs) They packed, like, years of cinema into that, and everyone went, huh? You you could tell, though, that they were struggling with pretty much every action scene in this movie. Um, 
uh, near the end when they get back to Earth and Nuclear Man decides that, or as Lex would say, Nuclear Man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I kept when he me. decides Come he on, wants man. to get into the building and get to uh. Lacey. He says, um, "Where is the woman?" And Superman says, "Far away from here and safe." First off, how do you know who he's talking about? Nuclear Man saw the paper, decided he loved her, and went to find her. And you, Superman, have been dying in your apartment since last time you saw him. You get better, you show up, and the first thing you hear Nuclear Man say is, where's the woman? You don't know who she's talking about, so that's a plot hole right there. He says, far away from mm-hmm. here and safe. Nuclear Man says, mm-hmm. if you don't tell me, I will hurt people, and he starts throwing fire. There's a lot of fire, a lot of explosions. That's like the only thing mm-hmm. we can give them credit for in this movie, is they did some decent fire effects. Unfortunately, all the rest of the special effects for all the fight scenes were horrible. Before well, he pushes are, the cop you know, cars back, you can, mm-hmm. you, you can see that police officer... Um, like kind of fly backward over the hood of the car. And yeah. I always thought, wow, that's some neat, interesting stunt work to have the guy fly, you know, bounce backward and, and be able to land on his feet like that before I realized, Oh, they just ran the film backward. <laughs> and then the cop cars are moving, getting pushed backward down the street. Yep. Yeah, that's reverse footage as well. <laughs> reverse footage oh, everywhere. Oh. Horrible matte shots, horrible blue screen shots. And then of course there's the fight on the moon. Uh, yeah, which was the my my favorite fight was like when Nuclear Man and Superman are fighting and they're just like in they're floating in the air they're and they're like falling and then all of a sudden like Superman just like falls at this weird diagonal angle and goes ah oh, yeah, he, he takes that that, that forty five <laughs> degree slant into to his fall that <laughs> that quick rotation forty five degrees moving the other way <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I think honestly, one of my favorite shots in the entire film is is like when he's flying the Statue of Liberty back. He's trying to put it back where it's you know I guess where it belongs, and just right up behind him, he like creepily. It's like a, a close up drive by kind of thing. He just sneaks up on him in the air. There's this wonderful pan over to his face, and he just he almost like he growls at him and then shows him his his nails. Oh, those extendo mm-hmm. nails! Oh, yeah. My God. I mean, it's like he's, it's, it literally, if you just mute it, it looks like he just like caught up with Superman middle, like in the middle of this huge thing, catches up with him just to show off his new like manicure. Yep. <laughs> Every time those yeah. nails came up, my wife laughed, and that made my heart feel good. Every time she <laughs> laughed, I felt great because I knew that she was seeing it properly. The first time you see right. those nails pop out extra long, she laughs. When we see that huge <laughs> fishing net full of missiles in space. She cracked up, and that was the best. I knew that I had her when she starts cracking up like that to the the missile net. I said, "Okay, yeah, she she's on the right page." Mm-hmm. Or Reparo Vision. What what whatever the fuck that power, power oh, is. Oh God, he can build bricks with his eyes now. By the way, <laughs> it, I think that is I think that is canonical though. That is in the comics. Somewhere. No, it's not. Probably. You liar! Don't make <laughs> up. Don't make I'm, stories up. No, I'm I'm fairly certain. I'm fairly certain in the old in the fifties when he could do like every damn thing imaginable. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it got a little weird there. Sure, I I will grant but, you, you that know. yes, super ventriloquism was a thing. Yeah, but he did <laughs> not the have the tiny re- flying out of the hand guy. He did not have rebuild o vision. <laughs> I think he. The reason they did rebuild a vision in this movie is because (laughs) they couldn't afford to do a special effects shot of him rebuilding the wall at super speed. So he just looked at it, grinned, nodded, and fly off again. Because you know, really, rebuilding the the Great Wall of China is more important than catching this world-destroying madman. Yeah, yeah, it really is. 
Right. Well, well, he's rebuilding the the wall, which is obviously a, a historical mm-hmm. landmark and should be uh, prioritized here. Nuclear man it's a historical does like landmark, weird... but fix it later. Fix it yeah. later, for Christ's sake. <laughs> so and and oh, all right, doesn't that at some point? I've I've lost track of the action because you're just you're giggling too much. I don't remember where the fuck anything happens at this point. But man, he flies into this volcano at some point, right? Um, yes. Yeah, nuclear man. Yeah, does. he does this little like. Uh, tornado-ish shape thing like i don't know he does this like weird hand uh-huh. position and and goes down my favorite part about this though is when you look at the perspective of it like when he flies out of the volcano just looking at perspective he's apparently like 500 feet tall because yeah. you can see the the entire landscape of the top of this this mountain and then him like a good three inches worth of screen flying out of the top of it yeah oh, i didn't catch that <laughs> i'll have to go back and and look at the look at the scale for that he's a large man <laughs> And I just I love that the the way you stop a volcano is to throw like a snowy mountain top into it. Just <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, he just you, grabs something you, heavy you and you shove it in there. He corked it. Yeah, he corked. You corked the volcano because yeah. taking the top of a mountain that size and literally dropping it on a volcano will certainly not fracture the volcano in any way. It will not yeah, crack and... it down the side. It won't crush it or send lava just kind of you know gushing out in all directions like dropping a book on a grape. No, right, it won't do that. It'll just cork it. So one thing that cracked me up um, was, oh, that John Kent was a joker. Clark must have had a bad dream and kicked through the baby crib. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I don't know. I just felt like that was a far cry from our Man of Steel, Jonathan Kent. Like this guy is just running. Like apparently, uh, Glenn Ford was just running around telling everyone, <laughs> like, you know, my boy kicked through his crib. <laughs> That's not normal. (laughs) 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 I'll leave you to think on it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, old Clark must have had a bad dream and kicked it. Then the next day, he found a green rock, almost died. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing funny about this. (laughs) I think he's allergic to jade. (laughs) Day after that, car come around the corner, bounced off my son. Right. And then people say, "Uh, Jonathan, (laughs) Jonathan, that's unusual. Well, maybe I was joking. Uh-huh. <laughs> but probably not. He had to become a drunk. <laughs> he had to resort to alcoholism to cover up his stories. <laughs> I must have been drinking when I told you that. I've never seen a bottle in your hand. Give me that bottle right now. I'll prove it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going through my notes, and I'm seeing so many things that I've for, I'd forgotten that I took notes down about. Um, uh, Lois goes to visit Clark in his apartment, and Clark is having a crisis of conscience, and he's feeling depressed, and he wants to go out for some fresh air, and just walks off the top of the building. And you have to ask yeah. yourself, mm-hmm. Lois, why are you just walking with him? You know. Oh, my favorite part about that is You don't have to kill says, yourself. I, I think she says it's not worth it. But she's like walking with him off the side of a building while trying to convince him not oh. to commit suicide. So like subconsciously, apparently, she was totally down for the suicide pact. Yeah, Clark well, strolls off. Yes, yes but subconsciously... If we're to believe any of what they're trying to force feed us here, yeah. subconsciously she already knows he's Superman anyway. Sure. Uh, because that was the I mean, that was the conversation. Then she remembers as soon as she realizes as soon as she realizes he's Superman, she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember all that shit from Superman too." Yeah. Oh, and and they get back, and he's like, "How much do you remember?" And she's like, "I remember Kal El. I remember everything." Yeah. And then he kisses her again, and she's like, "Clark, where'd you go?" I'm cold. It's awesome. so apparently he's just like man at men and blacking her. Yeah, over and over again. And just like, by the way, using super, the opportunity, super kiss to, quaaludes. 
I, I, I can't go on. <laughs> we could go on forever about how bad the flying scenes are, right? Because like apparently, if he extends her, she just like extends like a bat, like a like. I don't know how she's flying like straight. She should be dangling from him. Oh yeah, the the centrifugal force is is magical with that. And then, of course, Superman, in the biggest asshole move in history, decides to just let her fly on her own for a while. There you go, bye bye. Which means dropping you. He's dropping her, and she seems to love it. (laughs) Well, yeah. And my favorite part though was when he takes her and like and and, like throws her in front of him, which is like he's just doing like an upskirt shot. Like he's just she's she's just wearing like a, a a little number, man. He just keeps throwing her, and then like there's creepy footage if you look at it that way, where he's like he throws her in front of her, and then he's just back there grinning, like yeah, what's up? <laughs> wearing pink under there, huh? That Magic. does throw it into into a new context. Uh, thank you for that, Jason. Yeah, <laughs> it got. But they were just weird. you know it was like they were trying to recreate one of the worst sequences from the first Superman. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> just and they just they did all the same beats. Just much more poorly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, one of the one of the stats I saw said that the first uh, the first movie had fifty five million in its budget. And this one had seventeen. Whereas the actual action sequences, mm-hmm. it had four times more uh, special effect shots that were necessary. So they were trying to do four times more well, special first... effect shots with like a, less than a third of the budget. Yeah, and and keep in mind, the, yeah, and ten years the, later, the original yeah. budget for this movie was going to be like what twenty million less than the first movie, and then they cut that in half. And the way I well, the way if we're talking it, about the first like movie, are up. we also bringing in? Are we also bringing in the second movie because Donner filmed a bunch of the second movie along with the first movie? Probably. I mean, even if you take right? off a fraction and say, "Hey, they got forty rather than fifty-five because we use some of that footage over here," that's still Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's still rough, and it didn't like every. I'm, just, I'm, every, I'm unclear. A couple of the stuff I've I've uh, run across here and there. Uh, it it seems to imply that like they showed up at the studio waiting to do this like they already knew they had a shitty budget and then they showed up and like on day one they said oh yeah we we reduced your budget like they already knew it was bad yeah John and- Cryer <laughs> said John Cryer has said that like Reeves pulled him aside and said hey by the way this is gonna be bad <laughs> <laughs> well apparently Cryer was like a fan of the first movie like really had high hopes I guess he had to pull him apart and go hey man. Just, just have fun. It's not going to do anything. This is not going to be anything. Like, Manage your expectations. Manage your expectations, John. <laughs> one day you're going to end up on a show. I won't get into that. Right now. Well, one day you're going to think that doing television with Charlie Sheen is is uh, a win. preferable to this. So, um, just you know, here's Scotch. Get used to it. <laughs> well, after twenty years of after twenty years of hoping you can get back into a John Hughes movie, I mean, yeah, you'll jump on TV with Chuck Lorre's. Bullshit. Um, <laughs> on two and a half sins. Come on, John. Sorry, I, I'm getting wrapped up in my notes again. I'm just—it's <laughs> taking me back into it's memories of watching choose. the movie. I know there there's so many notes. I look at little things like. Um, All right. Uh, oh, this is one of my was... favorite little backstories from it, though. Uh, the the this happened after in in, in post. Um, there's a, I think it was in London. They were doing a uh, they were doing like a rap party kind of deal, and everyone was supposed to show up and like Hemingway and Margot uh, showed up. Um, I will say in costume, but they were just in dress, you know, they were in evening wear or whatever. But the idea was like Superman and nuclear man were supposed to show up in costume. Well, Reeve like basically threw them the finger and I've said, I'm not, there's no way I'm getting in that costume and flying across. Like it's not worth it at all. And they, you know, they tried to call him on like, man, it's part of the promotional blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of, Basically said, screw you, I'm not doing it. Um, so poor nuclear man here, whoever the hell that guy is, showed up in that skimpy-ass costume to a party alone. 
He was an unintroduced character because this was a new character, right? No one ever seen. No one knew who the hell this guy was. It was just a yeah. weird guy in a costume at a party where he was the only right. one dressed up. This was and an no one original had seen the film yet. Mm-hmm. An original character, and this was the only acting credit for that performer. His name is oh, yeah. Mark. His name is Mark Pillow. He had never acted before, and he has never acted since. <laughs> he didn't act then. Can I just say? <laughs> He's just never acted. Can I just acted. say? <laughs> this fabric won't cover him. The computer inside will weave enough fabric to maintain the high moral standard I've always subscribed right. to. Right. I took a note on right. that myself. I want that fucking computer. I, yeah. I can, <laughs> here's a here's a swatch. Make me a suit. <laughs> I will be Iron Man. He's got like a tiny amount of of material, and he's even like snipping tiny bits off of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, he needed backups oh, in on. case this one didn't work. You know how Lex. You know how Lex loves his clothes. He's got you know those those nice suits and the frilly shirts and that little yeah. robe that he puts on. He's mm-hmm. got dollar sign bling around his neck. He has a big gaudy piece of gold jewelry and a dollar sign hanging around his neck before Nuclear Man shows up for the first time, and you see it as he is sending away one of the biggest what the fuck moments that I found in the movie. What is with Madame Contessa dancing with Lex in his penthouse before Nuclear Man shows up? Yeah, I don't, I don't like. I honestly don't get like all of the hate for Jesse Eisenberg's Luthor when we we when we have this wacky tacky bullshit. Yeah, with Gene Hackman. This will like is I what just we don't. Um, <laughs> Why are we hating on him? I mean, I mean, really? <laughs> I'll take Zuckerberg Luthor. <laughs> At least Zuckerberg Luthor oh. did not. He did not convert the penthouse at the top of the Empire State Building into his own little pseudo-Victorian love nest. That was yeah. It that was the Empire State Building that they were using for Lex's hideout when he used his his oh. ultrasonic uh, buzz to get Superman's attention. Don't worry, mm-hmm. Blue Boy, you're the only one that can hear me. Yeah, but everyone in Times Square can fucking see you on that big ass monitor. But that's okay. Let's just go with it. He says, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, blow the top twenty stories off that high rise over there and he looks at the high rise. Oh, you mean the Empire State Building? You could have said the Empire State Building, you know. It's it's fairly recognizable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't have that footage yet. They didn't know what it was gonna be, so <laughs> uh, nice. But what I love is that he was like, Look over to your left. How the hell does Luthor know where Superman is? Also a good point. <laughs> and it was not Superman's left. It was Superman's. It was Luthor's left. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, do we uh, just say X-ray vision and or and hope? I I just feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, of evidence. You know, Lex is constantly saying that he's a genius. I'm pretty sure he's the only one who thinks that. Yeah, yeah, that is fair. I mean, if you know, <laughs> we don't really need much more than his continued use of the metaphorical version of nuclear. <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, there's plenty of other things. No, and uh, he doesn't keep, um, I don't know, a high class company exa- like compare. Uh, he is the the smartest <laughs> man in the room most of the time, but like Lenny and the two girls well, who yeah. cannot stop filing their fingernails are the only people I've seen in the room with him. Yeah, he, he's got Lenny. He's got Dixie and Trixie. Or the, they had names. <laughs> didn't even yes. know. They did. He did. He introduced them. Dear God. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to which my wife turns to me and says, "Did they seriously just name those girls Dixie and Trixie?" I said, "Hell yes, they did." <laughs> yeah, 
Welcome uh, to the 80s. Welcome to the 80s, honey. And every, uh, of course, every bad 80s movie has to have the, well, any bad movie, especially superhero movies for some reason, have to have the terrible cops who play into the bad guy's scheme. These two cops who get into, these two guards who get into Lenny's car. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. By the way, Lenny's car, they are... just slow clap for that. <laughs> that How sound does that system. car sneak up on those guys? He drives know. straight onto the onto the quarry site, and the cops don't even realize it until he's already passed them. They're like, "Oh, right. hey boy, you get back yeah. here now!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. strolls onto a government-controlled oh, work site. <laughs> and those cartoon, those cartoon-style fucking tube speakers. Oh man, horns it, on the it, side it, of it. <laughs> it looked like Foghorn Leghorn designed this damn system. I loved it. Ah, nice. They're like, oh, that's quite a that's quite a sound system. And he's like, yeah, you want to get in and listen to it? And they're like, oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Like, are you serious? And, and then, then when he flies it off the cliff, you could totally what see looks that like there are no Game cops Boy. inside. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> there are no cops inside. It's like Blues Brothers style off of that cliff, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. No bun inside, explodes, and then these guys come, you know, cartoonishly popping back up. Like, well, we got a little, oh. you know, dinged up, yeah, crawling yeah. out of the wreckage, a little dusty from this car. Like their that faces are, are into... slightly singed. Yeah, yeah, Which, from this car that has turned nice into a paper quarry. clip. Yeah, well, like, we're not even going to go into the fact that you should be like seventeen kinds of dead. I would like to focus on the fact that they climbed that cliff in like four seconds. <laughs> Very, they make very to the quick. bottom of that thing to the top of it in like no time, and the t- time it took to cut and John Cryer to go nice. <laughs> in in the time <laughs> it took John Cryer to pull a pair of bolt cutters out of his pants. <laughs> yes, which actually uh, I found believable given the eighties pants. Uh, Touche. Right. We're talking touché. about a time of parachute <laughs> pants, man. I actually think that could be done. But the, those I, I love this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, um, the the physics of the um, of the guards in the car going over the cliff and still surviving that was preparation because they mm-hmm. knew that that space fight was coming. Not the first one on the moon, even though that's horrible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the, the low gravity on the Earth being on the moon being depicted as slow motion, and uh-huh. then the the sound of a sledgehammer on a railroad tie every time that he knocks Superman on the head to put him into the ground. No, not any of that. It's when Nuclear Man gets Lacey and flies her into fucking space. Oh, you can yeah. hear yeah. her gasping the whole time that she's in fucking space. Yeah. Well, when they're on the moon, they're fighting, and you're, they're both going, ah! Well, ah! That, punch! That, that, punch, that's, punch! That's true enough, but you're distracted by the fact that the that the fight choreography and the effects are so horrible that you don't notice all the breathing and the grunting and screaming. But right. Lacey, I wasn't. a human... I, I noticed all that in tandem. <laughs> La- Lacey, yeah, Lacey a, a normal Lacey human, the human. Is, just, is hanging there in space, not floating, no, right. hanging. Because when oh, Superman I mean, pushes the just moon... In one, just in one shot with Lacey, in front of the A, sun. there's wind blowing through their hair. Why? B... Yep. Her gut should have exploded the moment she gets, she got into the stratosphere, and then we do we uh-huh. even need to, to mention the breathing problem, right? Like you're done here, you're done here. Shouldn't she be frozen too? Oh yeah, she should Probably. be frozen. She should Probably. be frozen, exploded, and silent. But as as <laughs> very, very silent and not <laughs> at all windblown. As Superman pushes the moon in front of the sun and turns off Nuclear Man because clearly that's how it works in space with uh-huh. light. Right. He's Nuclear Man shuts down and Lacey has to hold on or else she's going to fall. 
her? Mm-hmm. Where's she gonna <laughs> fall to? She's in space. We're past that. Can I just say if she if she She'll was frozen, exploded, and silent? If Lacey was frozen, exploded, and silent, she that would be the best the character's been in the entire movie. It would be the best performance of the film thus far. I, and, uh, and another basic science that, question, though. Um, mm-hmm. you, when you move the moon, dude, tsunamis. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. That would have destroyed your, yeah. most yeah. of the oceanfront property in the world. There goes your tidal Several forces. miles inland. Oh, everything done. just done. goes crazy at that done. point. I'll move it right back. Okay, you still fucked everything. You like it. <laughs> yeah. And then he grabs Lacey uh, and takes her, apparently takes her back to Earth, though we never know that because that's the last time we see her in the movie, is her floating in space. What, Lacey? Yeah, did you notice she doesn't show oh, up again after that? No, 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 she gets a little scene, doesn't she? <laughs> no, nothing. Doesn't she get a little... Uh, nothing. Is that a deleted... Oh, it is. It's a deleted scene. Ah. There's yeah. a deleted scene where she actually says goodbye to Clark. She's going to go back to Smallville to find her a hunky farm boy, is what it amounts to. Oh, God. And then uh, they, they have a quick kiss, and um, she doesn't forget everything. She oh, so he, so he he didn't give her the, the roofie kiss? No, did not. No. Right. But it's it's Clark, though, that she's kissing. Like She was in love with Clark the whole film. So, um, so yeah, yeah. There is, yeah. there is footage. They didn't deem it necessary, though. They just decided to leave Hemingway out in space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, somewhere that's in editing, they went, eh, that's fitting. Well, one of the things I loved and this always stuck with me about this movie is um, the guy, the the conductor on the subway having the random heart attack. Yeah. Superman stops the train. He looks at the guy. He goes, "He's all right. I think he needs a doctor." That's really. Yeah. Yeah. One of those lines didn't need to be there. Pick one. (laughs) And then, like, he stops everyone. He goes, "Wait, you know." I just want everyone back there to know the subway system is still like this guy is dying. He's having a heart attack, Superman, <laughs> or a stroke, something. Something's wrong. Every moment counts when uh, blood is no longer flowing to the brain. But let's yeah. make sure that these folks keep on using the subway tomorrow <laughs> because we need the revenue in this city. And I'm pretty sure the paramedics mm-hmm. like actually do pause to see what Superman says first, right? So I think he actively oh, yeah. I think holds he up this led. man's medical attention. I think he might have let one or two of the rescue workers on the train, I think. Did he Did he but go? The, okay, thank goodness. But he, he stops the rest of them. <laughs> okay. And does it um, not feel like they, so they needed sure. a subway shot and like cut a deal with the, the London Metropolitan Subsystem somewhere and said, look, we'll do a pitch for you if you'll let us shoot for like half price? <laughs> that was New York. Was it New York? There were New, there were New York posters everywhere. Metro cards? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, the, it was... Very clearly, the New York subway system. Oh lord! Like they had like big posters up. If it wasn't actually New York, I don't know why they put those posters up. That was that's just <laughs> stupid. London's just a big New York. <laughs> well, I mean, they're supposed to be a metropolis. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but printing up posters um, for Metropolis costs money. It does. More money than it would yeah. cost to just get your hands on some New York posters and put those up and say close enough. I guess. Yeah. I guess, but you know. I don't agree that Superman's hair can be oh, God, cut yes. by wire cutters. No. You, 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 you know what? Neither did my wife. No. She was not on board with that. She says, that is not okay. <laughs> and he even one-hands it at some point. Like, no, man. That's not even a big pair yeah, of wire jumping, cutters. Jump into one of the, this kind of egregious plot with like Superman going to the Fortress of Solitude and getting counsel from the Kryptonians. It's just like, as these movies go on, it's just... 
every damn body on Krypton got a little piece of that <laughs> that memory crystal to yeah. talk to Superman with. Uh, we didn't even know you were going, but here's our advice. He, he, they put aside a couple of megabytes um, for the great and powerful wizard of Krypton. <laughs> right. I love that Like this was actually a pretty good one. Like This is a pretty good line. If you teach the Earth to rely on one man, even if it's you... You are teaching them to be betrayed. And I'm like, oh, well, that's actually pretty poignant. And then he yeah. just starts going, betrayed, betrayed, <laughs> yeah. betrayed, betrayed. Oh, oh, what's happening? Yeah. That repetition. What's happening? That repetition undercuts anything good about that line. Yeah. And it was right up there with the guy, with the Russian guy in space for just a second in quality. Yeah. It was, I mean, yeah, you were right. It was a good line. And then it just, it's over. <laughs> just ruined by everything that came after it. Yeah. Uh, oh, there, I feel like there was something in this movie. There was something to this movie, like the like the actually the, I, I, the nuclear storyline. Like Superman wants to, you know, rid the world of the things, and then realizes he shouldn't interfere. He, they were right all along. There was a kernel <laughs> of a good movie here. I, well, yeah, the I idea of it him, is, I will give credit. should he interfere? That is a good idea. You play with that, but yeah, that's like right up there with BVS, which yeah. I'm pretty sure you didn't like, Scott. So you know, yeah, not 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 terribly. No, um, I'm still I, I'm still toying with uh, the notion of grabbing the Ultimate Edition and uh, oh, uh oh and giving that a oh. watch. Oh, you should definitely check oh. that out. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that that's got to happen. It's yeah, gotta happen. that's good stuff. If for no other reason than I I need to watch. The ultimate edition with its R rating to see if um, it if the added footage pushes it into the realm of uh, we don't want the young man to watch it. We took him to see it in the theater, but with the ultimate edition mm. being an R rating, I I don't know what else is in there. So I, I actually I need, don't. I, uh, I need to screen that. McNary says fuck, but that's the only actual like f-bomb yeah and i think that's the only any kind of bomb that gets dropped in the movie that wasn't there honestly honest to god it just it makes the movie make more sense they didn't cut stuff that was bad so much as they cut a little bit of violence yeah. in the fight and they cut everything that made the movie make sense <laughs> the the difference in the i think the difference on the violence is just going to be like batman throws a dude up against the wall you saw that in the original version but this time they have blood smeared down the wall behind them yeah, there's a little bit extra blood, a little bit extra, um, yeah, a little bit of extra gore when people are getting shot up front. Um, and then, uh, as far as the the main fight scene, like uh, he punches Superman in the face a few more times before the Krypton Kryptonite wears off. So, all right, <sighs> we'll, we'll give it a go. Highly I'll, advisable. I, I'm sure I'll get my hands on it uh, pretty soon. Um, whether oh. or not I I do that before or after Civil War comes out, and I get my hands on that, we'll see. Um, but but I'd pay to watch to Spider-Man Superman again for right now. One, we were talking about what was good about this movie, which is difficult. Were and we? um, I, I agree. The toying with the with the idea of whether or not Superman should take such direct action to try to quote save the world, rather than helping humanity to save themselves themselves. Mm-hmm. I, that that's a good story idea and it does warrant further examination I don't think this movie did a good job of examining it but it's a good notion nonetheless that and there's another um, there's another uh, like aspect to that it, Superman is primarily a reactive character stuff yeah. happens to us he stops it mm-hmm. he never goes out of his way to to initiate action and in this case he pretty much goes out of his way to go take all the no- like he it's his prerogative like he goes and addresses the UN at least first but it's his prerogative this time 
Yeah. And that's another one of those things where, like, should he stay a, a reactive? Should he always just sit here defending us the whole time, or should he actually take some action? Or, uh, you know, if we do that, you get all injustice on it real quick. <laughs> it, it it could risk going that route. But uh, by, by the <laughs> end, he sees the error of his ways. And he does, we've mentioned this line already, which I thought it was one of the better lines of the film, which is the... Um, uh, the world will have peace when when the people of the world want it so much that their leaders have no choice but to give it to them. Yeah, mm-hmm. taken as a message, as a moral that this movie is trying to put out there, you could do a lot worse. It's, Not bad. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's a a fascinating, it's an intriguing point to make. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if I can buy it because when he was addressing the UN earlier in the movie, and he says, "I'm going to rid this planet of all nuclear weapons." Everyone's mm-hmm. on board with that. You can tell yeah. because yeah. everyone in the room stands up and cheers. Yeah, which mm-hmm. made my wife turn and look at me and said, "If they're all so well, happy, then what's the problem? If they're all yeah. so happy, he's going to get rid of nuclear weapons. Why can't they just agree and do it themselves?" Yeah, I think. While I enjoyed the notion of everyone sponsoring Superman to speak at the UN and being that super excited about everything, uh, no pun intended, really. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of thought there should be a lot more. Well, now, wait a damn minute. Um, but he, what, I guess one of the things that got cut is, because at the end of the movie, he says, you know, like even Luthor is, like, worried when he gets put back in prison. He goes, you know, what, what, is the world going to be uh, incinerated or whatever he says? And he says, no, Luthor, as always, it's on the brink. And he makes another, like, reference <laughs> Just to where that I like during it. the speech that, like, he makes another reference to that. <laughs> While he's doing that speech where he's like, oh, yeah, we, we, well, we, we've got nukes. It's like we've got nukes again, but I'm not going to interfere. I'm like, what the hell happened? In Good this, luck, guys. The, what was supposed to happen to bring it back to that point? Because the last I heard, he got rid of all the nukes. So what is he talking about? Well, there's a there's a, a line somewhere in there, and I think it is a deleted scene again, where he's talking to uh, Hackman. Uh, Luther is talking to um, a couple of the world leaders and kind of grinning at him going, I know you kept a few. And then he talks to the other world leaders and goes, I oh, know you kept a few. So like they established the fact that, no, they didn't actually shoot all of them. Because that was the idea, right? They were just oh, shooting okay. them all into space, and he was going to throw them in a net, which I guess doesn't make them collide into some giant Earth-killing explosion. But he Okay, see, I like to think that they were like preparing. They were, like in, <laughs> they were just like, okay, well, if Superman's going to steal all of our shit, we're going to shoot it at America, and maybe one will get through. I thought that's what was happening. No, I, I, the idea was like everyone was going to just fire him into the air, and Superman was going to go catch him and throw him into. Okay, this, yeah, I, I took uh, it as thing. part part of a plan. We're we're going to send these straight up, and he's going to catch them, and he's going to put them in this net that is apparently anchored in space because he can fly a yes, missile in anchored there. You can hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can hear it lock into position when it hits the other missiles, but that net ain't oh, yeah. moving nowhere. <laughs> oh, and they're so haphazard mm-hmm. in there. Like he just started throwing shit in a net. Like this know, is the way right? you clean up lost like bottles like after a party. <laughs> <laughs> no plan. Well, that's what Superman's always there for—to clean up mankind's and keggers. Why did he have to do it as a net? Like, couldn't he just like football throw each one of them into the sun as they came instead of just one giant, probably sun-killing explosion worth? Like, well, if I would, like, send, I would if actually like to know if one. we could destroy the sun with everything we had. Maybe. If if you're gonna throw nukes into the sun, then I, wouldn't it be a better idea to spread it out? Do it like you know one at a time. Maybe I from just, different angles, so they hit different points on the sun. Because if you take the world's entire nuclear arsenal and throw it all at the sun at once, you don't at think once. there's going to be some solar flares? 
when I he keep sends that something's gonna when happen. he sends that net into the sun, that's not going to have any sort of a deleterious effect at all. Nothing. No, it, no? it, it well, all you get out of it is it, literally it's it's just like a little bitty dot and yep, just a, a little poof. Yeah, seems or, like we could come yeah. up with a better idea. Like throwing shit into the sun should not be like a. We shouldn't be using that as like like that was the way it used to be with the oceans kind of deal. Like, well, what do we do with this waste? Yeah, the ocean's kind of big. <laughs> that that shouldn't be the new. Let's where do we get rid of this crap? Yeah, you know, if he had pointed don't, don't in fuck pretty with much the sun, if he had pointed in pretty much any direction and just let it fly, it's yeah. not going to be an issue anymore. It's just going to keep on going. Just keeps going. Yeah, it just goes until Mongol finds it and makes it a part of War World. There you go. Yeah, but there um, you go. go. Yeah, they're out there battling. Um, Choose your nuke. Super, Superman 5, let's try again. <laughs> um, quick question. Maybe I'm... By the movie's logic. By the movie's logic. Oh, dear God. Lex Luthor says that... Yeah. Strap in, fellas. Uh-huh. Lex Luthor says that the sun is basically a giant nuclear weapon. Um, <laughs> so, by the movie's logic, since... Nuclear man is born of the sun. Uh-huh. When he scratches Clark, shouldn't or basically any any energy he throws at, at Superman, shouldn't that make Superman just more powerful? Superman's I, wouldn't empowered you think? by our sun. Oh, now and, and nuclear man's uh, powers are we'll, we'll say ambiguous to to put it mildly, right? Like he's got well, sure, uh, he's got like scratchy claws that I guess are, are <laughs> super painful to Superman. Um, with the with the close up of the big fake hand with the where the claws like you know retract mm-hmm. and... just amazing just amazing you know oh, one I of can't... my favorite shots really is the the they they fly at each other and fight and uh, I forget if it's in space or where it is but one of the times where they fly at each other and fight oh man he literally comes at him with his claws like it it mm-hmm. it looks oh it's phenomenally bad <laughs> right. I think that one might be in space. If it's the same one I'm thinking of where Nuclear Man starts yeah. a, a claw attack and Superman just yeah. kind of puts up his dukes, puts up both forearms. Grabs his hands. Yeah, I like grab the wrist. <laughs> yeah. and Kind of like the little sissy block in the... <laughs> Don't. Yeah, that's bad. But I hadn't thought of that, and I'm I'm surprised. I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't think of that. Nuclear Man is born of the yellow sun, so he should be... A charging station for Superman. Yeah, everything he does to Superman mm-hmm. should make him stronger. Now, if they'd all star Superman, didn't, and this was his idea the whole time, was to like overload Superman. Fuck, we got a movie now, right? But that didn't happen. Mm. Well, they, they made an animated <sighs> version of All Star Superman, which I thought was pretty good. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was good. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this of this movie is Christopher Reeve screaming at Nuclear Man, "Stop! Don't do it! The people!" (laughs) (laughs) Probably what one of the critics said later. There's a lot of there's a lot of lines you could just pull quote from this movie, and it becomes its own criticism of the movie. Yeah, it's. One of my favorite lines from Superman, your time in prison has twisted your mind into a delusionary state, Luthor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you see what I'm saying? Superman's dialogue towards Lex is some of the worst Superman dialogue we've ever seen. Yeah, I just realized something. <laughs> I think that sounds perfectly Superman to me, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a bit in, B- in Batman v Superman where he goes, <laughs> you've lost, Luthor, and I'm just like, yeah. 
Like, <laughs> that's just Superman to me. Like, there's the bit in uh, he's in, hokey. In, uh, it happens. Superman the animated series where like uh, Superman's pretending to be Batman. Nighttime. Yeah. The episode nighttime. Yeah. And he's just standing there with his like hands on his waist, smiling, and Robin's like nudging him, like, "No, stop! Don't do that shit." Yeah, he's all akimboed like, <laughs> and everything. Just, don't. Yeah. Turn it down, dude. Turn it down. Don't be happy. I, I saw a take on that on <laughs> um, the cover of, I, I want to say it was like a, a trade paperback for uh, a World's Finest run or something, um, where apparently the two of them had switched personalities for some reason, and it had Batman, one hand on his hip, um, uh, with a, a wide-legged stance, big smile on his face, holding the American flag with his other hand and his, and his bat cape flowing in the wind, and then next to him and behind him is Superman crouched down, shoulders hunched, arms in like little claw position, with him hiding his face <laughs> in the shadow and glaring out at the reader in, in Superman's outfit. That That's a good cover. Um, that listeners, good. if you don't know this cover, also, just seek it out. It's a great cover. <laughs> it, the idea of, of Superman's powers with Batman's personality is just frightening. Absolutely frightening. No. Yet it would it. be awesome. I would watch that movie too. Hey, what is what? What exactly does uh, Nuclear Man do? All right, there's a there's a moment in the streets. His, his like I said, his powers are very confusing. Um, there's a moment in the street where like several things happen. First, the cab comes up to him and just sort of crumples without actually hitting him. That was confusing, but maybe force field, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Um, later, it 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 turns out he can he can melt guns. Like he just they just like go flaccid in their hands. Um, there's there's mm-hmm. one moment where like sometimes he shoots things and they blow up. Sometimes he shoots things and they twist up and then start spinning. But the most confusing is like the fire like the fire truck. He just like shoots it and all the fire hoses just immediately expand. Oh yeah, it turned into like those those little uh, black snakes that you <laughs> they turned into the black snakes. Your, yeah, yeah, it, it's that you set up in your driveway and you light it and they just kind of. <laughs> I, mean, I, I never understood the water on or something, but it's no, I don't know. I never figured out what was going on with those hoses. And, of course, they, they don't no. specify his powers. They don't uh, put any sort of uh, structure to them at all. It's just, what would be cool? Well, how about instead of the car hitting him, what if the car hit, like, a force field and crumpled on that instead? Awesome. Right. Do it. Right. That'll make him how even... About, how about we spin the SWAT van and have people fly out of it? How about Nuclear Man just waves his hand at this group of people and like those eight people just kind of float straight up into the air all at the same speed all still staying upright they just go straight up into the air and say Blah. that could be cool what are we going to do with that yeah uh well superman can put him back down on the ground okay well how does he do that he does it with his anti-levitation vision right done i just assumed that was telekinesis but <laughs> yeah they both seem to have telekinesis in this film <laughs> Uh, I mean, this, this I, don't, I don't know a moment where he's ever had telekinesis, but hey, you know, we, we can do it here. Nope, never. Never happened. <laughs> I think he did in the old comics, man. <clears throat> there might have been, like, an issue somewhere in 1939, but dear God. Like, super telekinesis. Super. Probably. Everything was super. Probably. Everything had to be super. Any, any, pretty much any power he needed. Just grab it out of the Schuster Schumacher play, playlist. Okay. I have a question. <laughs> Superman <laughs> traps Nuclear Man. Okay, so just that phrase alone. Just, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, why am I even picking apart this 
entire thing. Anyway, Superman throws Nuclear Man into <laughs> the, uh, the well, he walks into an elevator and he Superman closes it <laughs> and pulls it into outer space and throws it on the moon. Yep. One, did Superman think the sun wouldn't rise again and go through the cracks in that elevator? But most importantly, how did Superman even know what Nuclear Man's weakness was? Oh, I mean, was there a deleted scene for that as well? Or? No, he claims later when he's dropping like Luther, he drops Luther back off at the uh, the, the work site. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it's up to him to deliver him to this very minimal security work site. Right. Yeah, not um, going through the legal system, not going to court, not going to trial for no, you know violation just, of like, probation or escaping uh, uh, incarceration. No, just yeah. drop him back at the quarry. It's fine. They'll just pretend it didn't and happen. They'll be like, "Oh, that's a job." Drawing Cryer off at Boys Town, you know, just it, he just kind of doles out punishment as he sees fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he come he now, hold comes on, in hold costume, on. doesn't he? Well, that's well, that's stupid. <laughs> it has precedent in our beloved Fleischer cartoons. I, that's fine. I get that. Did you see that asshole just grab a mad scientist and throw him behind bars, and then they take the picture and it's on the paper? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, that's how it works in general. It's never like. Well, it is these days they send him back to court and they send him to the, you know, they drop him off at the police station at least. But And he drops him it's off like, in this gritty, in full cynical in prison uniform, universe of today's world. Oh, somewhere in there, though, he, uh, Luther, I like asked him, like, well, I just have to know, like, how'd you, how'd you beat him? Yeah. So, well, simple. It was like what well, he says, like, high school science. Is, high, uh, high school physics, Luthor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The Apparently thing that we've ignored that through this time. entire it, endeavor. See, yeah. the, the, the fact that he figured out that it was light that might stop him, or at least tried it, I can deal with that. I can't deal with just dropping the thing. Yeah. Out. Like, why not bury the fucking elevator? He buried you he on just, the moon. Why don't you yeah. bury him on the moon? <laughs> right. He just drops it around and goes and, like, memorializes the flag. Like, Superman did, gets himself out of the moon. <laughs> yeah. And even though there's a madman loose, as we complained earlier, Let's, he stops yeah. to readjust the American Let's flag. Let's stop for a moment and raise that flag because right. America. It's it's become America. slightly off kilter in all these years. <laughs> yes, I'm going to go ahead and correct that real quick. <laughs> high school high school <laughs> physics was one of the most egregious lines because this movie is not allowed to say high school physics, considering no. how it's been treating physics this whole film. <laughs> right. I did just see a, a, the the paper though is um, one of the newspapers they have. They clearly they're in London, right? They I guess they gave them um, a headline and said I needed this printed off. It comes back saying like your new favorite reporter. It's favorite with O U. Yes, the British spelling. I caught that. the British spelling. And the fucked up part is at the top right corner of that same page. It says like now in color L O R. Yeah, well, like, and, someone just and, didn't spell check it at all. Well, they they spell checked it, but the thing is, remember a lot of the. A lot of this movie's production was done in Britain, so yeah, it's just it's on the they, same page with with one Americanized spelling of color and one uh, European spelling of favorite. I, I couldn't I couldn't make sense of that being on one page. Yeah, well, it's because they weren't paying close enough attention to it. But <laughs> because favorite, everyone was very drunk. Yeah, favorite has the British spelling. I feel like there was, was someone going. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like there was someone going. Wait. This doesn't la- uh, add up. And they're like, we literally don't have the money for you to fix that. Like, <laughs> Let me just go we, reprint we, that. No, 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 no. We no, can't no. pay the guy. We can't pay the guy to go in and fix that because this is like pre-Photoshop. So we're like, ah, mm, 
that's gonna we're gonna have to do a whole nother thing. No, no, we don't have that. That's like a good twelve hours. No, we can't. And somebody won't. The ah, they won't out. notice. It won't be on there. It won't be on screen very long. They're just. It's just gonna be in the background. And then they, at some point decided, no, we're gonna pause. We're gonna do a close up of this photo of this piece of paper <laughs> for like four seconds. Oh, did y'all right. love? Did y'all love when uh, when uh, when they take over the when the Daily Planet kicks out? Was it Warford Warford Publications? I can't say his name. Warfield. Um, Warfield publication. Warfield. So when they when they cut back to the Daily Planet offices, <laughs> they in order to do this, a Perry just gives him a a, a screw you speech, which was actually kind of fun. But the mm-hmm. the two the two like handymen just like lift off this piece of granite, and and the Daily Planet logo is still there. Mm-hmm. I've never seen that before in my damn life. <laughs> that didn't even register yeah, that's for good. me. That's not I how that works. I, I didn't even key into the fact that they just put the the Warfield logo over the Daily Planet logo. Right. And not even <laughs> they, attached. It wasn't even Well, you don't mess in. with a brand. Like, they you didn't don't even, mess with a brand. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> They didn't have the money for screws even. Like, it's it's unperturbed under there. <laughs> also the way they took over was like they he bought up all the loose shares of of the daily there aren't loose shares of shit that's not how that works you're not shares just don't sit around on the floor if they do you're 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 already going under anyway like there was nothing to buy i'm pretty sure that at that point the writers had forgotten to finish the script and they're like oh we got to get the daily planet back to being the daily planet again how are we gonna do that um perry fixes it okay how's he gonna fix it what about the the wrap-up of the we have to have the shot where where clark you know sells the the farm to a farmer no we don't just just no no we never needed it. the only reason they even needed that scene in the first place is so he can get the crystal, so he could you know come back to life later. Yeah, this well, yeah. The, uh, this strangely powerful crystal that's been farm sitting at the farm is just like time. that baseball, right? Yeah. And every it seems like every Superman movie in this line is like he has to go back and he finds another long green crystal. They're like, this is the last one. He's like, okay, and then it's not. I don't know. I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen the others he, in a while. He's but. got like if the farm's up for sale, he should do a more thorough search of that property before he puts the signs up. Just <laughs> yeah, one more good check for crystals. Weird. How many more crystals and spaceships does he have lying around the farm that is yeah. going to be sold? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, here's the movie's excuse for Clark to go back and moon over the family farm again. Yeah, like, oh, nope, no, no hot redhead this time. Damn, just an old guy named Hornsby. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a step down from Annette O'Toole to Mr. Hornsby. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this movie. Well. This movie. <laughs> I think we survived. I was just waiting for uh, Annette O'Toole's son to show up and start yelling, You can be great again, Superman! You yeah. can be great again! <laughs> you know, I did that, I, uh, after I watched it, I threw on betrayed, Superman 1. Betrayed! Betrayed! I... Superman 1, like, I literally finished this view, watching this movie and then threw on Superman 1. And I only watched about 20 minutes of Superman 1 before I turned it off and just and just kind of, like, gawked at myself <laughs> going, like, they juxtaposed. That looks like fucking brilliant cinema. Mm-hmm. It, it it was gold as far as I was concerned. It was just, it was, oh, man. Pretty much anything looks good. I, I, after finishing Superman 4, I was like, I'm ready to go back and watch Mortal Kombat Annihilation again. <laughs> Ooh. Now, here's a question: Would you willingly go watch Uma Thurman again? Uh, 
Would you subject yourself to that poison ivy after watching those films? No. No, no, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I have the movie. I have that four-pack DVD like like a lot of people yeah. do, um, but sure. I don't go back and watch mm-hmm. it. It's one of the few films that I have so actively tried to get my stepson to not put in the player. He saw the Batman <laughs> films were there. He was like, I want to watch this one. And I'm like, please, no. Please. <laughs> Just don't. I beg of you. <laughs> I, I, beg I, of I you. failed. I was unsuccessful. And he was oh. like, I want to watch it. I was like, be prepared because I'm going to make fun of it the whole time. <laughs> do you like it Uh, he he enjoyed it and i enjoyed making fun of it the whole time so it worked (laughs) it was the most fun i had watching that movie batman and robin was the film that i came closest to walking out of in the cinema more than any other film that i've ever gone to see that's fair that was still dark Knight rises and and the guy that the, the, the buddy that i went to go see it with we came out of the movie he was like that was awesome and i was like that was shit what is wrong with you <laughs> i almost left you in there at the 45 yeah. minute mark <laughs> yeah your buddy seriously thought that was awesome yeah but he's an idiot so are you still <laughs> friends with no him? i'm not <laughs> i ostracized him immediately oh. <laughs> i could i could go into this i, could well, go into the I story. don't think you'll survive the rest of this friendship i, I could dropped go into the him story. like a quest for peace budget right <laughs> If I were to tell the tale of why we're not friends anymore, then it would be a big downer because it has nothing to do with Batman, and it's not a funny uh, story. It wouldn't fit the tone of this podcast, but it would well, maybe it would. It, it would explain a bunch of things. <laughs> I would I would prefer to think that he said that's awesome, and you slapped him across the jowls and said never call me again and stormed off. <laughs> yeah, how was it? Okay. For for our continuity, for our podcast continuity, that's exactly what happened. We'll say that. That's the story. That works for me. <laughs> oh, okay. Batman and Robin, destroyer friendships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was friends with the one man who liked it. <laughs> he's not around anymore. He's he's not with us any longer. <laughs> I prom- I promptly stabbed him. <laughs> and buried with him. my with my Alive. with my Batman credit card. Slashed mm-hmm. his throat. <laughs> right. It was darker than anything that happened on the moon. <sighs> yep. <laughs> All right, well, we we got more shows to do, guys. I think yeah. do, we do. Do, do we, we have? Do. Oh, dude. Do we yeah. have more to I, say? I'm about... gonna say one more thing, and then I'm done. But I've just right. I, I ha- I've had the movie like playing in the background the whole time. Now the the credits are rolling. I swear to God, it says graphics, mm-hmm. and there are two names. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. it. That's the entire graphics department for this film. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. I mean, a lot of those shots were just repeated. Oh, Superman okay. flying forward with, you know, intention. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you, Honest Trailers, for pointing that one out to us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That same shot of him coming direct for the camera. Oh, did they, did they talk about that on the Honest? I had, that, they did an Honest Trailers for this? Yep. They, did, they, they went back and they did an Honest Trailers for uh, Superman 4. Uh, as as oh, a throwback, gosh. they did it for fun, um, and they must have been super bored. Oh, man. They did it like in, in a style of of, of <laughs> watching it on a VHS tape, so you can see like the tracking lines and static throughout the whole video. It's it's very funny. Oh, that's and, wonderful! And the bit with that's wonderful. Uh, Superman's mat shot of him coming direct at the camera. They did a composite mm-hmm. of all those shots together. So. With him in one unbroken line coming right for the screen, all the backgrounds cycle through. All the different backgrounds they use in the movies, they cycle through those in that one shot. That's awesome. 
Sounds exactly right. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, go go look it up. It's it's one of their better ones, I think. All right. So now our listeners have some homework to do. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> um, I think that does it. If if you guys have anything else, no, um, I, I have I have been exhausted by by this discussion. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Reliving it was, I was a, was enough. That. Like I need a nap. And now we're gonna go and now we're gonna go into your show and talk about Arrow. God, oh. I'm gonna have a rough day at work. God. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna go back to bed after all this. We chose the the worst two topics. Yeah. Um. <laughs> all right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to our epic review of Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. As epic as we can get talking about Superman Four. Um. Thank you so much to Scott Madison of the Next Time Podcast, Scott. What are the addresses? Where are all the places we could find you guys? Well, uh, you can search for uh, Next Time Podcast on SoundCloud and find it there. You can uh, visit my uh, professional website, quote-unquote professional, trying to get into the habit of calling it that. Um, You can visit www.planetrisecreative.com slash podcasts, and every episode of Next Time will be collected on the podcast page, and they will be announced on the homepage for planetrisecreative.com. Uh, the show is also available right now on Stitcher. It will soon be available on TuneIn, and uh, eventually I'll get it onto iTunes as well. I'm looking to build up a bit more of a listener base first. Um, you can also visit facebook.com slash nexttimepod, I believe is the address for that. Um, Twitter, at nexttimepod. Uh, and if anyone wants to email me about the show, you can email nexttime at planetrisecreative.com I'm aiming to have new episodes released on Saturdays cool 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 and we are going to be going over onto his his, uh, podcast next time and we're going to be talking about Arrow season Mm 5 some some predictions for what could be coming down the pike we are DC On Screen you can find every episode at dconscreen.com you can find us on iTunes Stitcher Uh, we are part of the Giants Has Team Up network as well giantshasteamup.com Uh, We'll be back probably Monday or Tuesday with more news, as always. And until then, keep some DC on your screen. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Look around you, that car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.